This scripture from Psalm chapter 5 and verse 12, which will kind of be our keystone scripture for the morning, really has so much insight that it's impossible to unpack in half an hour. But let me show it to you. Psalm chapter 5 and verse 12. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. Now, let me stop for a moment. How many of you here today are righteous? Now, I see some people hesitating because you think righteous has to do with how you're living. This has to do, this kind of righteousness has to do with your standing in Christ. So all that you have to do is be a believer in Jesus Christ and you are one of the righteous, all right? So now, how many of you here today are righteous? See, I knew. I just want to make sure you knew this was all about you, all right? For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Now, we live in the day in which superheroes are the common, common, I couldn't name them, but there's debate about who's a superhero and who isn't. I don't know. As far as I'm personally concerned, I don't care. But I know some of you care about that, all right? That's fine. I want you to understand that what this verse is saying is is equivalent to or greater than what superheroes claim today. Listen to what it says. You, the righteous, picture yourself here. And it says that the Lord will do what? He will surround us with favor as a shield. Now, think about it. 360-degree shield of favor that is going all the way around you if you follow after Jesus Christ. Now, that is pretty phenomenal. Now, you instantly begin to think, what does that do? What would that shield look like? And I don't know how it looks. All I know is how it works because the Bible tells us that. It says that the favor of the Lord will surround you, and that word there literally means encompass you with 360 degrees. Surround you like a shield. What are shields for? Protection, safety, to to thwart the attacks of the enemy, right? So I want you to begin to think this morning of favor like it's a shield. And through Christ, you are the superhero, and you have this phenomenal shield called favor. How how many of you would like to learn a bit more about that shield this morning? Would you? Very good. If you don't want to, you can leave now. No, I'm kidding. It's just a joke. All right. Let's ask the question, What? first of all, what is divine favor? What what are we talking about when we use the idea of favor? And a lot of people misunderstand this. So let's let's begin. Uh, I I don't put a whole lot of stock in, in Webster's definition when we're dealing with biblical words, but I think this one might be helpful. Favor, according to Webster, a favor is an act of kindness. It's being approved of. It is a work of support. Now, what does it mean, according to the dictionary? To have favor. Listen to this. It means to have the advantage. It means to be granted special concessions. To receive an endorsement or special consideration. Do you know that we're getting ready, God help us, with another election season? And do you know how important it is that whoever's running for whatever office, do you know how important it is to receive endorsements? Who endorses a candidate becomes vitally important to the potential of their campaign. What I want you to know this morning is you have God's endorsement. 
can you lose if you have God's endorsement? Amen? And that's what this is suggesting. Let me give to you what is, uh, it's my definition, all right, that I want to use. It's biblically grounded, but I think it might help you to understand this idea of favor a little bit better. This is our definition. Divine favor is a supernatural advantage granted by God and acknowledged by others. I want you to really think through this principle. It is a supernatural advantage. It's not luck. Are you all hearing me this morning? This has nothing to do with luck. I hear so many Christians say, oh, man, you're real lucky. This, what I'm talking about today, has nothing to do with luck. All right? This has nothing to do with coincidence. Well, wasn't that a cool coincidence? I know there are coincidental things in life, but what we're talking about today is not coincidental. This is supernatural. This is God-granted. This is bestowed upon our lives by God himself. It is a supernatural advantage that is granted by God. It can only come from God. You can't make it happen. You can't get someone just to lay hands on you and impart it. This is something that comes from God. But when it's in your life and you carry it with you, other people cannot help but acknowledge it. Here's the principle. The favor of God, being favored by God, is having God smile upon your life. You understand what I'm saying? God smiling on your life, meeting his approval. If God smiles on you, other people will smile on you. God will even make your enemies to be at peace with you if you're walking in his favor. Does everybody get the idea? So what we want, we want to go after God. We want to live lives that are dedicated to him. We want to live lives in obedience to the Lord. We want to please him. And if we please him, he smiles upon us. Now, if he's not smiling, he still loves us. All right, we're not getting into that theological discussion today. But God smiles on us when we walk in a way and live in a way and operate in a way, then seek after that. He smiles upon us, and the result of God's smile is that other people pick up on it because it's like a 360-degree shield, a force field of favor in your life. All right. Let's break it down a little bit more, shall we? How about some examples from Scripture? Because some of you are looking at me like, where did you come up with this? All right? So some examples from Scripture. First of all, from 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26. And by the way, this verse will seem similar in a second to you. Speaking about young Samuel. Everybody remembers young Samuel. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature. That means physically and in favor with the Lord and with his people. Who's it talking about? Samuel. What did it say he did? He grew. He developed in his favor factor. Shift to the New Testament. Mary, the angel Gabriel, comes to Mary and says to her, Woman, you remember what he said? You are highly favored. That's one thing to be favored. She got highly favored. This is the angel reporting to her. He starts off by just saying, as every good, courteous angel does, greetings. Greetings, Mary. You are highly favored. 
And he finishes with this. The Lord is with you. Now, boy, we found out what that meant, didn't we? Wow. Highly favored is Mary, the mother of Jesus. And then our prime example is Jesus. And look at the similarity between Jesus. Almost, if you look at Samuel as a prototype, a type of Jesus Christ, look what it says about the life of Jesus at the end of Luke chapter 2. And Jesus grew. He grew. Just like you and I, we grow up. This is his humanity. He grew in what? Wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man. Would you look at the sequence of the favor phrase? He grew in favor with who? It didn't say he grew in favor with man and then God. No, he grew in favor with God, and then it resulted in what? Favor with man. He grew in his favor factor. What an incredible example. And we know what Jesus did on this earth. Now, I want to offer to you today four results of living and operating in divine favor. All of these are able to be appropriated, received, and walked in by every New Testament born-again believer who is willing to seek God, pray for favor, and I'm going to give you a, a little assistance with that as we close the message. They need to pray for favor, and then they need to speak blessings of favor over their lives, their families' lives every day. So let's talk about what it could result in. I mean, so what if you have a shield of favor? It might sound cool. The whole analogy of a superhero might be be attractive to you, but what does it really mean? So let me offer to you some specifics. Are you ready for these? Number one, there's a lot of scriptures for each of these. I'm just having to really limit myself this morning for our time, okay? Number one, favor results in success. Now, by the way, the word success is in the Bible. Something like, oh, that's a contemporary word. I don't believe that. Go read Joshua chapter one and see what it says about Joshua. The Lord said, I'll give you success, right? I want to use the example of favor resulting in success. I've given you the example on the screen of Esther, but for the sake of time, I just want to mention the one about the children of Israel. All right? Exodus chapter 12, verse 36. Listen to what it says. And the Lord had given the people favor. Everybody say favor. In the sight of the Egyptians. So they granted them what they requested. Thus... They plundered the Egyptians. Quickly, context. Where, what's, where's, this, what's this, where's this scripture found? What had just happened? The Passover. That's exactly right. This is the children of Israel in Egypt trying to get out to get into their promised land, right? And so here, when they're leaving, you remember how much trouble they had leaving? Oh, my gosh, Pharaoh was not about to let them go. This took supernatural advantage for Moses to... Usher them, lead them out. And look at what this scripture says. I want to reread part of it to you. It says, and the Lord had given the people, the children of Israel, in bondage, the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Where does it say the favor came from? From the Lord. Who did it impact? The Egyptians. Egyptians had no clue what was going on. But it caused the children of Israel 
to be successful. Do you remember what it said they left with? Everything they needed. They plundered. That means they took everything they wanted and needed. They took it right out of Egypt and walked right across the Red Sea with it in their hands. That is the direct result of favor. Esther, you can study this on your own. What an incredible example of some of a woman of God who lived, operated in favor. I have a good friend that some of you know. His name is Dennis. And he is um, a unique, special man. And he, um, I, I've known him now for 20 plus years. And uh, we've traveled a lot of different places in the U.S. and around the world together. He's a marketplace leader and a gifted businessman. And the Lord's blessed him with favor in many different ways. When I started traveling with him, we made several trips to parts of Africa and Asia and Europe together. And I began to notice something. Every time I traveled with Dennis, this, I know frequent flyer miles have kind of changed a little bit in the years, but during these days, it was common for um, everything wasn't based, upgrades were not all just based upon the number of miles you have. So we'd be sitting in the waiting area, ready to board the flight, and invariably, and it didn't happen every time, but a lot of times there'd be a, an announcement that would come over the, the, the speakers and say, Mr. Dennis, please come to the podium. Now, if that was my name, I would be thinking I'm in trouble with the principal. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So he would always get up, go to the podium, and then he'd come back to his seat. And I said, what was that all about? He said, oh, no, nothing, nothing. I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, they just bumped me up to first class. <laughs> really? I thought we were traveling together, brother, you know? <laughs> what about me? He just kind of shrugged off. You know? So I forgot about it. I mean, one flight, I mean, you know, it's just coincidence. So next time, we're traveling international, and so we're together, and we're all ready to a long flight once again. Please come to the podium. He goes to the podium. I'm watching carefully this time. Comes back with a change. They changed his ticket out. And I said, don't tell me. He goes. And so finally, I couldn't handle it anymore. And I said, would you please tell me what's going on? Every time we fly together, you get upgraded to first class. And I bought the same ticket you bought. And I'm stuck back here in the middle of two. Never mind. I'm stuck. <laughs> in the back of the plane in the cheap seats and you're up there in luxury. Would you please tell me your secret? I need to know. And he just, this was his answer. Brother, it's the favor of the Lord. <laughs> and I'm thinking, that's not right. You got favor, I don't have any favor. I mean, what's the problem with that picture, right? So I literally began to say, all right, Lord, I'm going to try to work on this favor factor. And I have really tried to pursue getting more favor. Now, I haven't entered into his realm yet where it happens that regularly, but more than not, Carrie actually does better with it than I do. But anyway, I thought that is simply success that came from favor. Now, you can call first class whatever you want, but to me, that's pretty successful when you're on a 20-hour flight, okay? So the first result of favor is what? It results in success. Would you like success in your life? Forget the upgrades. Would you like success in your business? Would you like success in your family? Would you like to have success in your life? The children of Israel left Egypt wealthy beyond measure. Why? They got favor from God. And the Egyptians saw it. Number two, 
Favor results in promotion. Promotion. Wonderful biblical example of this is Joseph in the Old Testament. And there's a lot of chapters about Joseph in the Old Testament. I'm going to hone in just on a couple of selected verses from chapter 39. I'm not going to take the time to give you the backdrop because it's lengthy, but we find Joseph here in prison. He's gone through a lot already. Now he's in prison. He's been sold into bondage, and now he's in prison. Didn't deserve prison. He's in prison, and I want you to listen as I read to you here from verse 3. I'm going to start in verse 3 through 4, and then I'll skip to verse 21. When his master saw, listen to this, when the master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord had given success in everything that he did, he saw a pattern of favor. Joseph, look here, Joseph, verse 4, found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his whole household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Skip down to verse 21. While Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness, and he granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warrant. Over and over again in the life of Joseph, the favor factor shows up. And every time it seemed like he was down at the bottom, God would give him favor, and he'd get a promotion. He got a promotion from prison to managing Potiphar's household. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? That's promotion. So many other biblical examples. Let me give you a personal one. When Carrie and I first felt that the Lord was leading us to move to the Virginia Beach area in 1991 is when we moved. We arrived in the fall of 1991, fresh from... uh, you know, living in Texas all of our lives. And we are going to have to wait a little bit before I could get into school. Our sons were relocating, getting in school and things. And so I had to get a job. Now, I've been a full-time minister, pastor, preacher since I was 18 years old, okay? So I was 30, turned 39 right about that time. I didn't, I think, how am I going to support my family? I've got to go to school for two and a half years and in the world. So I had a friend of mine back from Texas that, well, when you get there, just go to a local car dealership because they can hire, they'll hire, you know, car salesmen. I said, car salesmen? I said, I've never been a car salesman. I've never sold cars. Oh, I know, but you could sell anything. You, you could sell dirt to a farmer. I went, oh, sh- brother, I don't know. I said, I know how to share Jesus, but I don't know. Cars? I don't know a bumper from a gasket. And he said, well, just, just go and just tell them. See if they'll hire you. And I said, okay. So I was just like yesterday. I walked into the general manager of Hall Honda on Virginia Beach Boulevard. Yep. Walked in, sat down, handed my resume. <laughs> he shook his head. You look at the resume, and he just kind of went. He said, you know, this is the best job I've ever seen of someone manipulating their background to fit <laughs> the job that they're trying to get because I had no sales experience at all. You know. He said, but you know what? He said, I'm going to give you a job. I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. Now, that was probably favor that got me the job. So they hired me as the salesman. It wasn't long before I began to be labeled the preacher. Now, I wasn't running around preaching at the car lot, but it kind of goes with you. So I got labeled preacher. And... Uh, 
you know, all the salesmen, and that's, that's not the most spiritual environment, by the way, if anybody figures that. I was there. I only lasted three and a half months. But from the first month that I started selling cars, I remember going to work every day, and I'd pray, Lord, I need favor today. Thank you, Lord, that I have favor with you. Now, Lord, I'm just claiming Psalm chapter 5. I'd, I'd speak that scripture. You said that your favor would surround me like a shield. I need that today. We need food. We need rent money. I need favor. And I just began to speak it over my life every day, driving from Greenbrier to Hall Hyundai. I'd stand out on the lot. We've all been to car lots. What a painful experience, right? So I would just stand there, stand there, everybody, uh, three or four, quite intimidating looking, but you've got three or four salesmen there just standing there. And um, car would come in, and, and we'd all say, all right, whose turn? And uh, we'd, they'd want to argue over the, who's going to get the customer. So I would take my turns, but I began to find more and more that people would come and seek me out. Now, they don't know me. I don't have a background. And they'd come and say, sir, uh, excuse me, I've got a few questions for you. So I'd go over there and help them and and do the best that I could do to help them, and sell them a car. And all of a sudden, I started selling cars. And all the fellow employees looked at me. They said, Preacher, how do you do that? I said, I just kind of sh- just shrugged my shoulders. I went, I don't know. So later, I said, I-, I hate to tell you guys, but this is just God. Oh! For three consistent months, I was the top salesman for Hall Honda, and I didn't know a bumper from a gasket, and I was selling them like hotcakes. God was giving me promotion and success. Why? It wasn't what I knew. I guarantee you it wasn't what I knew at all. It had, and it sure didn't have to do with good looks. It was just the favor of the Lord. How many of you had experienced something like that? You know what I'm talking about in your own setting? Amen. Let's look at number three. Third result of favor is that favor results in strength. This might surprise you. Strength. Did you know the Bible teaches us that favor, if you walk in favor, that you'll actually be stronger? If you go through much life, you know we need strength, right? Emotional strength, spiritual strength, all kinds of strength for what we face. Let me give you two scriptures. First of all, is in Psalm chapter 30, verse 7. This is what the Scripture says. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain. This is the king speaking. You made my royal mountain stand firm. The word mountain frequently in the Old Testament is representing strength. He wasn't talking about a literal mountain. He's talking about God's strength in his life. Lord, you have favored me, and the result is you have made my mountain firm, strong. Another similar passage, Psalm 89, verse 17. For you are the glory and strength, and by your favor you exalt our horn. Now, all you horn players out there, there, forgive me, but this has nothing to do with playing your horns, okay? This has nothing to do with that. The word horn in the Old Testament is almost consistently, when depending on the context, it's used as a symbol of strength. 
So what he's saying is, Lord, you give me strength. When your favor is on my life, you exalt, upgrade, strengthen myself. My horn gets exalted. In other words, I have an increase of strength when your favor is on my life. How many of you are feeling weak right now? You're feeling like you need some added supplemental strength in your walk. Let me highly advise you, start praying for favor. Number four, final result. Favor results in harmonious relationships. There is nothing worse than contentious relationships. I don't care whether it's on the job or in marriage or uh, with your kids or with your next-door neighbor. Anybody here ever had strife with your next-door neighbor? Anybody? Well, y'all are acting so Christianly this morning. Come on. I know better. I know the truth, okay? Some of you have been fighting with neighbors. Here's what the Bible says. Proverbs 16, verse 7. When the Lord takes pleasure, see the smile of God? When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes their enemies to be at peace with them. Now, listen, if you've lived much life at all, this isn't talking just about Iran, okay? This is talking about any relationship. The Bible tells us we ought to bless our enemies, right? There are people, an enemy is anybody who opposes you. Could be your next-door neighbor. For me, it's the homeowners association. (laughs) But I, I won't go there, all right? Whether it's your employer, I don't care what it is that you've got contention, strife with. This is a wonderful scripture. When the Lord takes pleasure. So in other words, you start by what? Getting God's favor by pursuing him, pleasing him, and then what happens? Then he makes anybody that's out of odds with you, you begin to watch him turn them around. To be at peace. It doesn't say promises that they'll be your best friend, but it does say that they'll be at peace with you. How many of you like to live in peace with somebody you've been fighting with? This works for marriage, it works for neighborhoods, whatever. Harmonious relationships. Now, I'm going to wrap up by just giving you a couple of clues on how to walk in it. All right? I'm just going to give you two. There's more we could give you, but I'm just going to give you two. Number one, pray for it. You say, well, what what biblical evidence is there for praying for favor? I'll get you them. Numbers chapter 1 and verse, I'm sorry, uh, Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 11. Listen to this. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Nehemiah is getting ready to go meet with the king. That's big stuff. Yes, I know he was the cupbearer, but that's still big stuff. He was getting ready to have an interview with the king. He was going to lay out what God had put on his heart, but before he goes, what did he do? He prayed and asked for favor. There's your example right there. He was asking for favor. So I recommend that you start praying for it, asking for it. Secondly, start declaring it. Now, some of you don't understand the power of declaration. Some of you are going to take that 
small group with Robert Morris will learn some of, about it, I would imagine, if I'm recalling some of the material that I skimmed. But declaring favor over your life means using your mouth to verbally articulate and speak favor over you, your wife, your husband, your family. Did you know that the Bible actually tells us to do this? In Numbers chapter 6, we're provided, I'm sure you've heard this spoken in some settings, but this is sometimes what we call the Aaronic blessing or the priestly blessing. Actually, what they're told is take this and speak this over your sons and tell them to speak it over theirs. So in other words, we're given, we're given a template for blessing others. Now, let's just, let's just look at what it says. Let's look, it's right there on your screen. Could you just say it with me? Okay. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That is the declaration of blessing that Scripture tells that they're to pass on to the next generation. This results in favor. You can see some of the parallels. The idea of God's countenance, lifting up His countenance upon us, that's the idea of favor. That's Him smiling upon you and the result that it has. I'm going to close with a story. I don't know exactly how and when it happened, but my father, who my father and my mother are both uh, in heaven now, my dad lived into 93 years old, and I was blessed with a godly set of parents in a Christian home. At some point after I grew up, all the kids were out of the house, dad heard somebody give a message about the priestly blessing. And and sometimes my dad wasn't the quickest to obey those kinds of things. He just wasn't. But something about that just stuck with him. He told my mother, he said, Barbara, Barbara, from now on, every morning after breakfast, before you go to work, I'm going to speak this blessing over us. Mom went, Phew. I mean, she was probably thinking, it's about time. That's probably what she was thinking. But anyway, she said, great, great, do it, do it. So they started doing it. Every morning with no miss, and there were times that we would be there at the house, and every, every breakfast, he'd get through the breakfast and say, wait a minute, before y'all go, whoa, whoa, got it. I've got to say something. And, he, and he'd say, he memorized it, of course, and he'd say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. He'd do it every time. It took 15 seconds every time, every day. Fast forward into um, January the 9th, 1993, I received a phone call that my family, my mom and dad and younger brother, um, who was handicapped, were in a very hard, difficult automobile accident. And I was simply told by my sister, they rushed him to the hospital, got to get here and get here. That's all I was told. Immediately, I took an emergency flight, went to Texas, arrived. They're all three in the hospital. My brother had a bunch of broken bones in his body, but they said, he'll be all right. He just needs time to heal. My dad had crushed his sternum and several things, but he was going to be all right. But my mother, 
The doctor surgeon looked at me and he said, I've done everything I can do. We've replaced everything that we could with pens and with, um, you know, new, new limbs, everything we can. What happened was she was sitting in the back seat and she had slipped down in her seat and unbuckled her seatbelt because she was tired and it was 7 a.m. in the morning and he was taking her to work. Slipped down the back seat and an 18-wheeler pulled out over the, over the curb, bam, and it just like an accordion crushed their car. And it broke both of her femurs, double break on both legs. And a lot of other, a lot of other things, but they said the surgeon said to me, "She will never take another step in her life." She moved on. Wow! I've got my whole family sitting, you know, all in the hospital. Now I get this news. So when my mom woke up and she was still really, you know, groggy, and she saw that I was there, she grabbed me by the hand and she said, "Bob." I'm glad you do. So I grabbed her by the hand. She was such a woman of God and a woman of prayer. And we prayed. By the time she went through, um, she went through a year of therapy. And I'll just fast forward, okay? My mom graduated from step to step to step to step. And she dismayed the doctors and the therapists every step. When she got out of the hospital, she was in a wheelchair for the next year. And she graduated out of the wheelchair, and she lived the rest of her life with two um, canes, crutches. Um, I don't know what they call them, but where they attach to the arm, where she can hold them like that. So she walked with those, and she walked like this. But she walked. And it was very often, particularly at her house or our house, she'd walk in the front door, she'd pitch those to the side, and she'd just, you know, she just waddle, get around the house. I'll never forget her last trip here before Alzheimer's affected her. She walked with those canes. She said, I have to do one more thing before I go back to Texas. She grew up in the West Coast. Take me to the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, Mom, we don't have time for that. Take me to the beach. She, she literally, in 100 degrees, walked down the ramp with her crutches onto the hot sands at Virginia Beach and just stood there with memories. Took her home. She never traveled again after that one trip. And she died a few years later. I'm here to tell you, I'm absolutely convinced that the reason my mom was able to go through what she went through and come out of it and to, to be as healthy as she was and live the rest of her life uh, as she did in reasonably good health was because of my father's daily declaration of favor on their lives. Not only that, but they got a huge financial settlement out of the deal. And when God blesses you, this comes every different direction. favor. Do you mind standing with me and closing? I want you to say this with me one more time. And what I'd actually like to ask you to do is our time is up, but I'm going to ask that our prayer teams will go ahead and take their positions. Um, 
if a family member is with you, or maybe your whole family, or maybe just be a husband or wife, uh, take them by the hand. Carrie, you can come and stand with me here. I want you to speak this blessing. As you're speaking it, I, I, this is for everyone's going to say it. All right, this isn't just for husbands or parents to do. All right, so everyone's going to say it. And as I speak it, my focus is going to be on blessing my wife, but also you as a church. All right? So would you just say this and just focus on who you want to declare these blessings over, yourself and someone and whoever else, all right? Would you say it with me with with faith behind it, all right? Let's say it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Father, today we receive the blessing of divine favor. Lord, let our lives follow you and your word. Let us please you in our behavior, our decisions, our pursuits, our ambitions. And Lord, we ask that the result of our lives pleasing you and getting your smile, we ask that the smile would impact others. We receive today by faith the result of success, promotion, strength, and harmonious relationships. In the mighty name of Jesus.